Chillax, a Singapore podcast where you listen to this our boy talk about life, news, and anything interesting. So welcome back to another episode of Chillax. I hope you all had enjoyed your New Year's celebration. I think this is the first episode after the New Year's special episode. Yes, first episode. So I guess, you know, um, Happy New Year's again and, and hopefully you all feel rejuvenated, feel more motivated now. I mean... I think after the long leave must be nice, but it's kind of sad, right? After long leave, you have to come back to work. That's the worst part. It's like, ah, so sad, so sad. Feels very like you're just dreading it, dreading the comeback. But, I mean, anyway, I'm here. I'm here. You can listen to me. Then you can use, you can listen to me as you pass time and do your work or commute to work because with the new, I think the situation is getting better, right? Even though there's the whole Omicron, uh, how do you even pronounce it? Omicron? COVID thing where like increasing cases but yet at the same time the government is like pushing for us to go back to office and from what I see so far it's about half-half right? It means like half of your workforce will go be going back so it's a staggered kind of schedule. By the way, I'm recording this during like December so this is not really I haven't passed New Year's yet I haven't even spent Christmas <laughs> so it feels kind of weird like I'm kind of talking about things in the past like if you are listening to this but I mean I have a lot more time I'm taking leave so I might as well just cu- do a couple more episodes so that I can have a backlog where I can just focus on you know doing more research on different content then I, I, I wouldn't have to miss any episode that's the that's the goal you know to never miss a single episode I think at the start, there were so, so many missed episodes, I think, because I was like kind of lazy, but now I'm kind of fully committed really to just do it every week. And most importantly, before we get to the main topic, usually we just talk about this kind of stuff. So if you're a new listener, um, we just got to do some basic updates, then we're going to talk about the main topic. But most importantly, I recently found out that Spotify has a review system for podcasts, which is kind of ridiculous. Personally, podcast to me is a very personal thing it's either you like it or not there's no good or bad because podcast i think most of the podcasts are generally more personal hobby theme um there's some sort of theme to it there's some sort of specific subject matter and it's it's whether you like the person who is talking or not right and the, and the topic that is being shared it's not like a youtube video where you are going you're searching for some sort of information and then you can kind of rate it from uh, good or bad or five stars or not because that's useful right that's useful feedback but for podcast i think this is way too personal really but that's how it is they decided to include the five star rating thing which is unfortunate but the most important thing here is i mean for for my law to my loyal listeners please <laughs> give me five stars I mean, I feel that if you were to get it below four, right? It kind of if you get about three stars, it kind of discourages people from listening, from trying out the podcast. And it's a very personal thing, isn't it? So I feel that I think the only way to go is just to have it five star, four four to five stars, and hopefully people continue to try this out and 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 not be like you know if you get like one to two stars, people are not gonna even care anymore. But they might be missing a gem, like they might be. This might be their podcast that might that, that they will listen forever. Because I think it's a very personal thing, once again. Like it's like it's like a friend, right? You're talking to a friend and it's a companionship, uh relatability and all these things, and you can't really pack a, a kind of 
you can't quantify these things. So that's that, which is unfortunate. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, there's also a review system. So you can do the same thing as well. Give five stars, please. <laughs> okay, okay. okay that was, that was, that's that. But today we are going to be talking about cutting out bad friends. So I'll be talking about, you know, all the bad friends that I have since young. I think for some reason I kind of had quite a fair bit of bad friends at the start of my like when I at the start of like primary school all the way like until perhaps poly where it became slightly better and you might be encountering this situation right now where you have a bad friend I mean it's not like after you become an adult things just kind of disappear right a bad friend just disappear I suppose that could happen because you have more decision making you have more control you are more mature and wiser now where you can just cut off bad friends and this is something that's very similar to me where i become wiser and i learn and i eventually just you know it's not healthy and and you have to pick between companionship or this kind of toxicity and then you know in the end you just kind of need to cut 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 loose this kind of relationship because it's it's causing more harm than good because the difficult part about cutting bad friends is because they are bad but they are friends where they provide some sort of companionship but at the same time you know um they are providing they are creating a lot of issues for you mentally physically or whatever it is right so i think my first group of not so great friends i think bad friends also vary right they are very toxic people they are also like somewhat bad so i think it kind of ranges for me um but for uh for me i think at the start uh, one of the bad friends that I had was in primary school, which is very long ago, man. But I think friends has have a lot of impact on you, and it kind of shapes your outlook on friendship and social relationships in in general, right? And primary school it was one of the more pivotal moments because that's the first time I think, I think K one, K two, kindergarten, primary school before primary school is what uh, kindergarten, right? I I'm not I'm not too sure, but but it's like. In primary school, that is where like the social relationship thing really kicked into place, you know. It's like it's a full-on social relationship thing are happening. Maybe in second in K1, K2 might not it's like you might not be like intelligent enough or like people are not um hanging out long enough in the same kindergarten to kind of create any impact. But in primary school, six years, man, six years where of course social relationship becomes such a huge part of the whole whole journey right and that's so the, the, the journey for me right was kind of tough i think a lot of us has gone through this process where when you're in primary one i'm not quite sure whether it happens to all the schools but i think so in primary one you would be paired with like primary six um students then they will kind of bring you around then from there, I think you kind of integrate into their um, social relationship. And let's say if they are, they have brothers that come in at the same age as you. So you kind of like integrate yourself into those uh, friendships or you, you or through these things like kind of like, or you can work in another way where the primary six of friends, the primary six, uh, like, how do I say? Primary six mentor in that sense, like the person who take, take, takes, takes care of you and teach you how to be a primary school student, um, might have other primary six friends, and through that you also meet their primary one, uh, uh, person right that they are taking care of, and in that sense you kind of form cliques as well. 
and the first click that kind of I kind of form with is this group of people that um the primary six is the brother so the brother was like taking taking care of another primary one student but then the they, they have mutual friends and also at the same time like um the primary six was a brother of another primary one where we are very where my primary six mentor was very close with him because they are friends so this sounds very complicated but um is it, it, it i don't know how to better ex- explain it so like mutual friends just take it as mutual friends and eventually we become a group of friends together and this group of people are the how do i say i think at that time right the disparity between um english speaking people or chinese english speaking chinese and chinese speaking chinese was kind of quite a great divide there wasn't uh it wasn't a, a situation where everybody speaks english now like most of the people but at that time there's still quite a great like difference there and this group of people were the were those who spoke in english and for me coming out from a family that speaks mainly in chinese that was like oh so cool this person speaking english then we all like i just you know very excited to join these people like you know it's very cool and all these things and eventually we kind of form a group where it's me and this chinese guy that speaks english then there's another uh two malay one guy or one girl and they're all like you know they speak english they seem cool and then we hang out together and all these things but little did i know i was hanging out with them but they're not really hanging out with me like that's a very weird way to say it but you know i'm not included in that in that social circle in that group at all i was just there and for some reason maybe it's just like they don't reject me but i was just there but i was not i was never part of their social circle in that sense like officially recognized as part of their friends and that was very tough because i realized it when um they were just you know when you're young you talk about you know creating your own hangout space that like people trying to find places in primary school like different hangout spots where you will sit at and always you know after during recess or after school you you all will hang out there right and they have their own space or so and then they, they they i wasn't invited at all they had their own club i wasn't invited i was just there because i think at that point i was just kind of pushing myself into it and they might have been too nice to just not reject me or something and and like over time you kind of see when they hang out they don't really invite me and i thought it's a self-invite because you know usually right how friendship work is that you and the person hang out at the start then it kind of organically grows from there and you don't really you know if you have close friends you don't say can i join you no all right it's an expected thing and this and this kind of thing like can create this very awkward situation when they are not interested in you being part of their group and this is this was one of those situations which is kind of sad and eventually i realized that and it hurts because they don't invite me to anything and and that was my like my first kind of bad friend situation where like like they were they were also like kind of i think at that time there's this perception that you know they are english speaking that i'm the one that speaks chinese and they are just you know kind of look down on me and the parents also like like they were just making use of me in that sense because i was close to the chinese guy and the chinese guy um he was he spoke in english and he don't know any chinese and the parent was like kind of him and his parents was making use of me in the sense where i can teach him chinese and all these things which kind of suck i think and eventually i just say ah screw it man like um i don't want to be friends with you already and i just stopped hanging out with them and eventually that was like the best decision ever made because 
I found I found a group of Chinese friends in the sense where like they were all Chinese speaking friends that we all hang out with, like like we all spoke in the same like language Chinese. Then we we were playing catching and it was such a big group, but it was so tight knitted because we all like play the same catching games together during recess and and we invited each other you know to to our houses to play Xbox and that was very nice. It's like we have a very lasting relationship in in like primary school and and i'm glad i met those people but i no longer am close to them i think one of the issues with um i'm not quite sure whether it's that an issue but in neighborhood school i feel there's a good chance that you might lose touch lose contact with your boy uh i wanted to say boyfriend which sounds <laughs> why <laughs> just slip off my mind what the heck okay anyway with your friends um you will lose touch with your friends mainly because i think in in neighborhood school right things can go a lot of different ways go south very easily and if you like let's say right a lot of a lot of my friends that i met through like primary school right they all didn't really go to university in the end they go to private diploma and all these kind of situations and as you go um to university and as you start climbing higher and higher right perhaps you can see as climbing higher and higher um you kind of lose contact with these people and even if you meet them right it feels very hard to talk to them and this is something that happened you know i i had a very close friend in primary school and we used to hang out at one another's house you know playing xbox and we really hang out every single day and there was no bad blood it just ended because in secondary school he went to Ishun Ishun secondary school but he we were living in sabang and i and i just went to sabang secondary school and and this kind of went on a divergent path and he eventually just went to a very a, a private U. He didn't do well. And then I went to like a local U. And like the kind of people that you mix with is completely different also because he went to normal acad, then he then he went to poly, I think. Then he, he I mean in poly then there's a different group of people that you hang out with and which influences your whole mindset and your and your behavior right and this kind of affected us and you can kind of see a very big difference when i so how i met him eventually right was when i was interning there was this girl that's in the is in the finance department that she was very close friend with my primary school friend and i did and i saw her picture and i said hey i know him then we talked about it then then eventually we met up because they they meet up regularly so i just joined in also and talking to him we were not able to talk as much as we used to. I think when we were young, we can talk a lot about games and all these things, but we didn't meet each other since secondary school, man. And no, no, since primary school. And, and it just, I don't know what to ask. And it feels so awkward. I think it, 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 it just feels so weird. Like, like there's no common commonality. And perhaps he's working, he's working at an accounting agency. But I don't think he was interested in talking about career and all these things. And that was like so different, man. There isn't any kind of common point to talk about. And maybe I wasn't trying hard enough. Maybe I was too awkward. It was so long ago. But, you know, based on the fact that we were such a close friend, right, that I would expect that it would be natural. But maybe there was something there that, that just make it hard for me to talk to him. And that's that. And, you know, things, it, it's, it, it applies to secondary school as well. Because there's a lot of people, you know, from my neighborhood secondary school, like you have two express classes only but 
I'm quite sure your secondary school will have more than two express cards. So this shows how shitty my school is. And half of these express school, no, half of the express classes, right, went to IT, you know. Like, what kind of, what, what is happening? Doesn't make sense at all. Doesn't make sense. And that's how it is, you know, when you're in neighborhood school, things can, things go south, crazy things happen to some extent. Yeah, and not all good schools, not all schools are good schools. That's pretty obvious. Yeah, but anyway, speaking about bad friends, like, uh, moving on to secondary school, uh, secondary school was slightly better. I think at the beginning, we kind of found, we have a, I, ha I found a clique already. Like, we are all just uh, people who play in the same CCA, like volleyball. And I also had a very close friend. Because he came, the fact that he came from my same primary school, it just make, make, made, it, made it easier for me to become friends with him, right? Then we became very close. Then we went to the same CCA together. We played games together. But then eventually, right, the sad part is that he left our clique. Because he thinks that we were too immature, which was very surprising. I think there was already signs of it really because my mother kind of warned me because my mother knew the, my, that, 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 that close friend of mine, the mother as well. And my mother said that she was very toxic. <laughs> she, she looked down on people. She constantly compares. Then I thought, hey, he's fine. What? Like, what's wrong with that? Like, what's wrong? But then it kind of, the more you know him, secondary school is four years, right? Then the more I talk to him, then things start to happen. Things his true, I don't know, self start to show up, show up more and more. And in the end, like, I think he kind of thinks that we were too immature because over time, right, I kind of get closer to other friends instead of him. Because I think me and my other friend, right, we both in the same situation where uh, our parents are, family is a bit broken, we are very poor. And yet at the same time, he, he is also the same situation as us, you know, like broken family. But yet at the same time, he kind of have an air of superiority where, where he just looks down on people for the fact that maybe we just didn't do as well as him academically. And maybe he was... He was like, um, I don't know, just doing better in life, I guess. He's, he seems to have that kind of like arrogance, which is very surprising, even though we are from the same situation. So it was kind of hard. And, and he wasn't that kind of friend right, that would have, the, have your back. And, and that's very important because um, whenever you ask him for help, he wouldn't help you at all. And it's not like we are those toxic friends, you know, where you flip the other way around, where we are, the, we are those that, ah, oh, please lend me money, that kind. No, it's like, it's like simple things. We want, like, you know, when you with your friends, let's say, I think that time um, when we were young, uh, in secondary school, like, Game Boy games on mobile phone was very popular. And, you know, we kind of share all these games with one another, but then he just, he just didn't want to share it. Like, I wanted the game, then I asked him, can, I, can you share it with me? Then, like, he said, no, then what the hell? Like what the fuck man? Like what's what is wrong with him? Like then like uh my friends ask him as well and he's also the one to share. Then, then my my friends and, and the other friends right we just share what we find another but then he was just like why? What what's going on? And he just doesn't want to care and doesn't want to explain it and he just constantly looked down on people in that sense where he, he it's like he, the main reason why he decided to left leave the clique is because you're too immature, like what I say again. And that is just unfortunate, man. We, and and, and at, at the end of the day, I don't think he was very mature also. So, but I'm just glad because eventually he left and 
and I have this group of friends that we are kind of close and we still meet up now and then and we are in the same kind of position and situation because you know same family background uh, we both understand one another, one another even though we don't meet as much anymore wherever we meet we can talk for very long and that is I'm quite sure you have one of those friends as well and, and that is very nice and even though we have went separate ways like one of my friends like he didn't he, he don't think he, he's very smart he that's why he, I think he didn't go to uni he, he want to stop he, he just didn't want to study anymore then he just signed, signed on in the army and I think that's unfortunate because I always think that he was very smart and I feel that I was the one that is not as smart as him which is very surprising but end up my grades are, are better but I feel that he was just unlucky because he didn't have enough preparation and maybe he just maybe was, wasn't feel, feeling right during O-levels but I'm quite sure he was way smarter than me but maybe it's just him just not believing in himself I also didn't believe in myself which is very weird because I came on thinking how did I do so well in O-levels which doesn't really make sense yeah but even now uh, he might be working in army as a like, warrant officer he isn't uni educated but I'm uni educated I'm working in a standard corporate life but I can still talk to him because we are all cut from the same piece of fabric like that's the best way to put it and you know it's always nice to talk to him and and to really learn about what he's uh doing um, and, and it's nice man because we went through so much together we went to the same cca we went through a lot of those crazy camps like you know when you are in volleyball people while well, they really grind you you know it's like it's like army like that they make you go through all those physical training and it was nice we went to camp together and at that time in secondary school there was a lot of camp stay over camp which is very nice i'm not quite sure now whether still got camp like ignoring the covid thing right whether they still allow overnight camp because I don't know with this new age of parents, children, like do they even allow that? Like can you stay over like so sensitive these kind of things? I don't think there's caning now, right? Last time there's caning, but I don't think now have. Now a bit seems a bit too brutal already. But overall secondary school was slightly better. Like there was a click and you know people just toxic people will leave in the end and like kind of stop contacting him and then you know we have our eventual like our long long term friends i guess in this case and then after that is polly polly was quite interesting polly was pretty lucky was even luckier where like i no longer kind of have bad friends it was just like um um because my poly course was so weird was so weird it's i, I went to a psychology arts drama course so there's tons of females and there's only f- six guys in my class four were chinese so naturally we kind of like bonded together and surprisingly we got pretty well because i mean we are all speaking we are just true like those, those neighborhood chinese people that just speak in chinese that kind okay then i keep on talking about chinese and I, I i feel a bit like sensitive now it's like i don't know to be called out for being racist or something but um but i think that's how the situation is like and I, I don't think it really is it's just st- st- stating the facts in that sense yep so we are all chinese speaking chinese for some reason then we all get, get got along pretty well and poly i think is one of those very life-changing moment where you know because there wasn't any bad friends there are so many people around there's greater autonomy you can you know 
be friends with people that you enjoy being in company with. And this is the point where I kind of expanded my horizon because we are in the arts course. There are so many different types of people. Like uh, being feminist, being gay is kind of more open and accepted. And there were different races as well as compared to just in business or engineering or Chinese, mostly Chinese. And, and that is the part where I really appreciated my poly where I managed to have very close uh, Indian Malay friends um, and they were all female as well. I think they kind of kept the whole... There's a thing in Singapore where like, you know, Chinese people might think that racism doesn't exist, structural racism or the kind of um, problems that uh, the minorities go through because we are so... in. I mean, every day we just meet Chinese friends, all right? So you don't get exposed to that kind of problem. And being in this poly and meeting these friends, right, that I still meet to, to today, it kind of kept me in check. It kind of like pointed out, they pointed out a lot of the problems, like a lot of the problems general Chinese people in Singapore go through and like suffer from. You can't see the problem there at all. And it was good because like they always... I surprised. It's quite funny. Um, like we went to their birthday. I mean, we we because they celebrated birthdays, alright. So this group, right? I'm the only Chinese. I'm the minority there, which is very funny. Every time we hang out, it's like everybody is Indian, Malay, or like Caucasian or something, or Eurasian. Then I'm the only Chinese guy. And then we went to um, uh, like their twenty one year old birthday party, uh, on a yacht, and. And because it's an Indian family, right? Everybody there was Indian, you know? there's no single Chinese. <laughs> then I was telling them, uh, you know, if I say something wrong, they might just throw me off the boat. <laughs> like everybody will just, yeah, like, like bully me or something. But it was just a casual joke, I think. But, I, but it was quite funny. I was the only Chinese guy. But it was good because I think one of the things, besides learning about all these kind of different perspectives, right? And, and coming from a neighborhood school where and a very traditional Chinese family, your mindset can be so narrow and, and they really help to broaden it. And I, I and you know, all this racist thing, you kind of spot it and you can see, sympathize and empathize from those minority point of view. And also they 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 got me interested in Indian food. I think that was probably the biggest surprise. Like every time after project work, they will like one of the girls have car, then they drive us to eat our azar at Okay, Bato, I think. So that was like how they got me into, into Indian food, naan, tandoori. That was very nice. So I'm just very happy, you know, whenever I look back, like, probably was a pivotal time where, you know, I get to meet more friends and there wasn't any bad friends anymore. And, you know, I have this Chinese group of people that we hang out with, like these guys like that you can relate to. And also this group of, like, female friends that are from different races that really that I'm very close with that, that kind of kept me in check, you know, kept me woke, I guess, in a very cliche SJW kind of way, right? And it was nice. It's nice. Yeah. And I, I think after that, it's just army, right? Army is always good. I mean, I, I don't think it's very hard to find bad friends in army because everybody is kind of in the same, same situation, right? We all just want to serve and get the fuck out of there. And everybody, the goal was to slack and do as little work as possible and get out and, and and even better was that like everybody there was so nerdy for some reason because i was working in an office environment 
everybody just like Japanese stuff. And I think in that sense, it was very easy to, to get along because I think everybody just, most guys watch watches anime, I, I, I would assume. And it, 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 it become very easy to get along with. And even though, you know, these people, I think quite a fair bit of them are very rich, like filthy rich, that kind. Like one of them live um, on one of those condominiums. Have, have you seen before, like the Lego stacked on each other? Like the perpendicular Lego, the very weird condominiums, like fucking expensive. I think it, it got highlighted in one of the articles, overseas articles, for saying like this building looks very weird, very interesting. And then, and then there are houses, like some people live um, in condominiums that has like stores inside condominiums. So I kind of see condominiums as different level, right? There's condominiums that are very cheap, that kind where it's just condominium, gym, small pool. That's like low level. Then there's condominium that has that has stores and hair salons inside. That's second level. Then there's third level, which is condominiums with one apartment per leaf. Yeah, so I have friends living at that kind of level, which is pretty interesting. And as much as I thought like rich friends, rich people might be snobbish, but most of, most of them weren't very snobbish at all. They were just regular people, nice. There wasn't any kind of hierarchy there because obviously it's army. But I mean, there were some people that were pretty snobbish. Those that are filthy rich and like came from political background, right? Yeah, like one of them, I think, if I'm not wrong, he claimed he was the nephew of Vivian Balakrishnan. So you can kind of draw the line there. You can kind of draw the conclusion there, right? Yeah, he was, when, the, when he talked, very, very, had the air of like arrogance and snobbishness. Like when they ask for help, right? They don't ask for help one. They, they demand for help. They, de they don't even demand for help. They demand for things to be done for them. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. And, and I think he was, people also hated him. So it's very obvious. It's very, it's very easy. One. Like people will just ban on those people who are just demanding assholes. So it was nice. I think the, the rich friends that I met, they were also, they were more like, more, they, were, they wasn't very demanding. And they were like nerds like us, like me. And they were just regular people, but with money. La. And, and even now we still hang out with one another. And I mean like one of the guys which was I, I actually also learned very learned a lot from them. So I was also very grateful looking at like from secondary school, primary school and now like being able to learn from different people about expanding my horizons, right? I think you can really describe poly army and uni as expanding horizons because in army I met these rich people. And it kind of helped me learn and really understand why they are going to NUS Law and Ivy League school and yet here I am. Even though we kind of see, it seems that like we, are, we, are, we are not much different, right? Then you realize, ah, money matters. Opportunity matters. Parental guidance matters. So you kind of see like at the very start, oh, and environment matters as well. So all these four factors kind of creates this, leads, leads them down this path, right? Like, um, they, they have a sense of urgency, they have a value and ethic very early on in primary school to just grind, work hard, even though they are lazy like us, like me. Um, they knew that they have to study and get better and the parents emphasize that and the parents give them opportunities to go for tuition, they, most importantly, their environment also, everybody is so like hardworking because, I mean, 
it's not neighborhood school it's one of those elite school and their parents will put pressure on them and these results also created in a very competitive environment and that's why they are here and i think you kind of push each other right and this is what happened in army as well like i learned from them i not not just learned how you know how they become like you know so good so smart i also learned uh learn about critical thinking like talk, talking to them kind of helped me shape my perspective and my mind and it prepared me for university when i had to write a lot of like articles a lot of research papers um and it helped me kind of shape my my idea to be more critical in terms of just looking at how ideas are being being like articulated in words and all these things and to be more sharp I think one of the biggest issues with coming from a neighborhood school in secondary school, right, and primary school is that everything is very template-based. You realize that? That's why they call it road learning, right, Singapore. If you are not in the elite schools, right, I think it's quite... most. I, I would assume in the elite schools is that they will teach you to think on your own. They will try their best to teach you on your... like to, to make you think on your own and uh, refrain from using template. But in neighborhood school, we are so terrible that we need to go by a template like getting using a template will at least get you a b and that is safe enough really because if they let you think on your own right it's so hard to build this kind of mental critical thinking thing that that it wouldn't work out that's why the easiest way right is to you follow this template follow these kind of things that's why our history classes our english classes is always memorizing templates memorizing how to write things write critically <laughs> write articles that are that shows that we are critical thinking but actually we don't have critical thinking at all it's just reading the paragraph plugging things in into a standard template like like i think like let's say they ask you about history stuff or do you think this is like a evil or whatever then you just say i think this is evil to a certain extent so they always have paragraphs like say to a certain extent to make it like you know it's not entirely black and white the kind of situation then you say then you need to second sentence support with what what are the sources from your from the given paragraphs and you know it's always this pair this kind of thing that make it so very template very routine and road learning kind of thing where you know you don't really learn anything in secondary school and that was that and it was good you know it was a such a wonderful opportunity to meet these people like these rich friends in army they were very smart as well then you get to learn how to be a good critical thinker and kind of helped me in uni where i become very good at writing i did very well in writing and 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 you know my articles was being shared with other people as examples and that was very nice i think i couldn't thank my <laughs> rich smart friends enough i guess yeah and uni was also quite interesting because i wouldn't say it's interesting but uni i would say how do i put it uni i was very fortunate as well um i think early on i was very focused on studying and i really neglected my friendship because i think in poly i wasn't working hard enough and i came with a i came to uni with a vengeance with with a with a drive to do well but then over time i kind of realized like like by the end of year one um happiness doesn't come from getting good grades happiness comes from friendship social relationships and i kind of changed my outlook i changed my approach i just became like i just started joining in with my with my clique more with with the class that i'm in more 
and and I managed to meet all these very nice friends that we are we bonded with and we are very close with, and you know they kind of influence me. I also influence them. It become, I think they are friends for life definitely because uni friends are one of those friends that you you keep move most likely forever because y'all are kind of in the same mental state. Y'all are in the same life stage, and and you know we are about the same we are the same age as well. And that's why it's kind of hard to not keep them for life, right? You're most likely gonna be with them together and you're gonna hang out with one another. And and that is very nice because you know, looking back when I was writing this out, writing the bullet points out, seeing my primary school, secondary school, army and uni came a long way, man. I think in primary school, secondary school it was painful. I went through a lot of problems in friendships and you had to cut out bad friends and i think even though i was i said these topics while talking about bad friends i didn't really have super bad friends right and there wasn't really any kind of cutting like maybe in primary school but um as far as the cutting goes it really is like it's either the bad friend cut himself out or you cut the bad friend out and and there wasn't really any tough decisions i have to make perhaps in primary school that was a tough decision because it was difficult in the sense where like you know, you are losing, I mean, you are your, they are your only friends and you always get that if you leave your bad friends, you leave your friends, right? Then you might not have find other bad, like find better friends or something. And that has always been a concern, isn't it? Yeah. And I suppose I'm just fortunate to be able to find friends in the end, in primary school. And in secondary school, if you're not really an asshole, people generally kind of like accept you. And those who don't accept you are kind of like maybe they are just too enclosed really that's why but uni was nice i think neglecting my friendships in year one and year two i kind of more involved in all these friendships like they still accepted me and that was pretty good too and generally the people that i met in uni they were all very nice there wasn't any sense of toxicity and that was something that i really appreciated like we were the least toxic no okay we are not even toxic we are not even least toxic we are not even a toxic group at all we knew so many people in university because like the group have people from different courses and everything and that was very nice like we, we met a lot of friends we drank together i think uni is really just drinking and just having fun together that was very nice i think that really i, I tried drinking in army and in poly but no man i think in army and poly People were just drinking to get drunk, but in uni it was different. Experience was different. People were all like, drinking was fun because everybody was like hanging out together, having fun, and and as much as we play game, right, everybody was just nice. People were not like assholes or something. Yeah, that's what make, make it so memorable, isn't it? Yeah, I'm kind of I think talking about this right, kind of reminded me like. Oh, this is true. You know, all these people who are working, all your parents say, ah, you know, uni life is going to be your best life or something. And it's true, man. And at this age, you kind of start, once you start working, you, you really look back like, like, uh, oh, I wish I can go, I can turn back time, but now it's too late already. Kind of at this stage already, right? It's so sad, man. Dang. It's like, it's like, you know, when you're in uni, people keep on telling you, all the adults telling you, you know, you need to cherish this moment. But it's always the case where, like, you never know that you're enjoying until you leave that moment and you look back, right? 
And that is very sad, man. I wish I can like, like turn back time and just enjoy a little more. And how do I even enjoy more? How do I enjoy more? Like maybe be more present, more engaged with people instead of just checking your phone or something. But I guess it's what it is, man. But at least we are still meeting up after, after we graduated. Like now we are working, we are still meeting up. And that's nice. Being able, yeah, as much as I'm an introvert, I think having friends is still very important. Kind of grounds you and, and we still need some sort of social interaction, right? Otherwise, I think, I don't know, I will go crazy. But I, but I, I, don't, I don't gain social, I don't gain energy from meeting people. It takes energy from me. But it's part of like happiness, I guess. Meeting friends is, makes me more happy. And I'm just happy, man, like at this point. Like I don't really have any bad friends. You kind of see here, 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 people here and there. Like, you know, because secondary school, neighborhood school, primary school, neighborhood school. You kind of see people go down the, the, the dark path. <laughs> Sounds like Star Wars, right? Um, very easily, yeah, people start borrowing money from one another. So if you're very close friends, I think I have some close friends that started borrowing money from other close friends, but I'm not so close with the close friends anymore. And it was like, what the fuck? They're borrowing money from one another and people change, you know? And that what makes it so difficult to maintain relationships in primary school and secondary school. And it's easier in uni, right? And, and I guess that's how it is, you know? So that's like the whole experience of coming from a neighborhood school as well, where people are, I mean, our background is so poor and we are, the odds are kind of stacked against you. And as you climb higher and higher, you just kind of feel so detached from these people. I'm just glad that some of my secondary school friends that I'm close with, that I can still talk to them and we are very, we, we can still relate to each other because we come from the same family background, even though our mindset might have changed really. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just glad. I'm just grateful, man. Um, like primary school might not have turned might not have turned out well, but at least secondary school was getting better. Poly was getting even better, and army and uni is like very good, right? Yeah, and 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 as much as like you know, my situation is not as terrible as other people where they have toxic friends. Where I think you heard a lot of cases that you have in female. I think there were some female cliques in my secondary school. You know, they just bad mouth about each other. Like that was not the way to go and it was unfortunate. And and you just kind of remind yourself that oh our friends here are good friends and and as much as like the bad friends that I have wasn't that toxic, you know, it it it, it just didn't help me, right? It just made me feel sad about myself. Like the primary school friends that just didn't want to invite me. And then secondary school friend that, that kind of looked down on, on me and my other cliques. Like like uh, my other friends in the clique. You just have to, at one point, cut contact, man. Like, it's either they cut contact with you or you cut contact with them, like what I mentioned. And, and you just have to accept it. Like, I mean, even until now, we still talk about it. Like, when we hang out with one another, we, we will still say, you know, you still remember him? Uh, <laughs> he was the one that abandoned us or we kind of, like, cut, cut loose from him, right? Then, then we always talk about it. And, and we might be a bit bitter, I feel, because... I don't know. It's it's always not nice to be looked down upon, right? But the person also not very successful, right? <laughs> Which is kind of funny. But but it is what it is. So perhaps to really sum this whole up, I think this whole thing has been I think for four forty minutes. 
Jesus. I feel that I'm I'm a bit self-conscious because right now I I, I think about the topic cutting bad friends, right? I'm not sure whether I have I actually addressed the point. But I guess I, I did it to some extent. But I mean to really sum it up is is the way I look at it is that right after all this experience is that if you have bad friends right you should you should try and just evaluate the situation i think um friends like what i mentioned they are bad but yet they are friends at the same time and do, do not let your situation do not let your decision be be affected too much by the fact that you don't have a friend group to jump to after you're cutting after you cut your bad your bad friends but really look at it as a single kind of situation where it's you and a bad friend and what kind of like value is he providing and that sounds very utilitarian and and i mean friends shouldn't be like that right but when it's a bad friend you have to look at it very like logically are they are they bringing more harm than good do they have your back most importantly i think these are things that you have to think about all right do they have your back when you ask them for help um when you when you know that you are going to you know when you have a you are undergoing some emotional problems can you call them and they listen to you or are they going to just laugh at you because those that laugh at you are not your friends when you have when you're going through something terrible and that is it is no longer if you are at this age most people who are listening are at my age really uh, early like starting work mid 20s to late 20s so really if your friends are not emotionally there to support you even though you are a guy or a girl let's discard all stereotypes emotional or not emotional any kind of emotional problems mental hardships you are going through and you need a listening ear if they don't offer to you and they laugh at you right then then you should really screw them really because this is not primary school this is not secondary school we are all emotionally mature and we can i mean friends you meet should be able to support you right in that kind of sense i mean they might not borrow money they might not lend you money or something but at least they should offer that kind of support yeah and and i think that's that's the most important part and also just overall um there are nice people that you can hang out with you don't feel stressful when you're meeting with them you don't find yourself complaining about them about what they talk about i think it's kind of fun you see those female relationships like friendships where no, they still hang out with one another but then after that they go to another clique then they complain about their friend like what the fuck are you doing man why are you wasting your time yeah so generally it's like if there's nothing to complain about that's good right and also just if people are borrowing money from you i think you have to be cautious also i think at this age people if you are from neighborhood school i'm not sure whether in good schools i think good schools also have this kind of situation like if you are from a good background like there are people who are just want to borrow money and you need to be cautious though, I guess. Um and if they say you are not a friend for not lending money to them, that's also a, a a huge issue as well. Because I think as a good friend you also should know like money is a very sensitive thing. And unless you really truly know that you are very close, very tight, right? Then maybe you can talk about this kind of money things. But otherwise it's kind of difficult. And this is something that you need to spot very early on also. People who just ask you for money and also the whole insurance thing as well. I think insurance is a very good way to kind of it's like a it's similar to the money thing, and 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 in some ways because they are selling you products and they are profiting from it, right? Usually I'm okay with it if it's like a very close friend. Otherwise, right? It's it's like 
Like, why are you talking to me, man? I'm not even close to you. I barely know you. Yeah, so these are bad friends as well that try to sell you things. I mean, I mean, you can look from their perspective. They want to earn money, right? But at the same time, it's like, it's like, yeah, you, you are just ruining this relationship and just making use of my relationship, right? Yeah. Unless it's super close friends, I would just cut them off. Um, and overall, just just reevaluate, I guess. I think at this point, right, it might not be as relevant to those who are listening, those who are in your late 20s, because most likely your friendship has been formalized already. Once you graduated, it's like, I don't think you can make any more friendships. Maybe once a while, once in a while, because workplace can be hard, right? I mean, they are not your friends. And, and this might be relatable to some people, like those who have went through a lot of hardships early on trying to find friends. And for those who are like just graduating or maybe near the end of uni, perhaps, you know, it's something that is useful to really just look at your friendships and see and just be grateful, I guess. Yeah, it's what it is, man. And I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Um, yeah, I really hope you do because I think I want to try to be more coherent here. And I always think that I'm not coherent. And when I when I when I listen to episodes and re- review what I've gone through so far, it always sounds coherent in the end. It's just being self conscious, I guess. Just being doubtful. Maybe over time I'll become more confident with this. Yeah, but I think overall it's good, lah. Overall it's good. So thanks for listening. Uh, please remember to give the five stars. <laughs> okay, I never. I feel like this one is like a bit, uh, egoistic or something. Is that considered egoistic? But I don't know. I just want this to grow, and I want to spread this to as many people as possible. And I feel that the review thing is just holding me, holding the podcast back. Like, like, come on, like, this podcast is a personal thing. Having a five star is just. 3 star, 2 star, 1 star. It's just gonna ruin things, isn't it? Yeah, so please give me a 5 star. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I think that's that. I hope you guys uh, have a good week ahead. And if you are interested in, you know, sharing topics you want me to share, you want me to talk about, uh, if you're interested in just talking to me, you can always reach out at chillaxsingaporepodcast at gmail.com. I will always reply you unless you are asking for ridiculous things or you're just talking nonsense or shit or whatever but so far none of i don't think anybody has done that yet so yeah but i mean i it's always welcome i will always talk to you yeah okay so thanks for watching thanks for watching no thanks for listening bye